Welcome to the Wanderlust podcast with Stories from the Road. I'm your host, Sarah Leamy, a writer and wanderer and publisher. Um, you're going to hear a mix of personal anecdotes from my own travels, as well as recommendations for gear, events and books, uh, books that I'm reading, books that I've come across. Um, and each episode will also have a short story of my own, often set in the American Southwest. And this is a, just another way of giving you a sense of people and places, how they interact and affect each other deeply. I hope this podcast encourages you to explore, write, and inspire others to be just as curious and playful as you are. So please enjoy, and thank you very much for listening. Today's episode comes from southern, southern Colorado, from Pagosa Springs. I have taken on a job this summer uh, working as a campground host, which is a first, but it kind of makes sense to me. It's almost an ideal job, I think, for me. It's 20 hours a week. I get somewhere to camp, and actually where I am is next to this creek that's actually more of a river right now. The mountains are about five, ten miles behind me. They are covered in snow. It is the beginning of June. Uh, yesterday was cold and wet. Today, this morning was sunny, and now it's clouding over. So who knows what the hell this will be. Um, but I have to say, being a campground host, the days are pretty nice and routine. Four hours a day is the commitment. So 20 hours a week, I get two days off. They actually pay me something, which is great because I have somewhere free to live, uh, lots of space, and only four hours commitment per day. So there's a lot of uh, sweeping, swiping, wiping, scrubbing of toilets. Not the favorite part, but a lot better than I imagined it, I have to say. Um, people have been really good. Last weekend was Memorial Day, at least when I'm recording this, and the campground was packed, and each site had between six and eight people. I mean, it was packed, but it was fine. It was still quiet. People, it's such a spacious campground that I'm at. It's about a mile long from one end to the other with only 19 campsites. So you can picture that with mountains behind, the aspens and the cottonwoods are just budding out. Um, the grass is turning green. We've had some hail this morning. I mean, yesterday morning and today we'll see. People are starting to roll in because it's the weekend. And the other week, my, one of my first weeks here on my day off, I went into Pagosa Springs and I had pretty shaggy hair at the time and I was just feeling kind of dirty and nasty because, of course, there's no showers. And so I went into a barbershop, hairdressers, and there was a little old lady behind the counter and I asked if she could, she had time to, or someone had time to cut my hair and just give me a bit of a trim. And she was like, sure, sit down. My name's Lola. So I sat down and, you know, she put the little thingy around my neck and she pulls out a pair of scissors and just starts cutting off chunks of my hair. Before we'd even decided what I was going to do with my hair or we talked about it, my name's Lola, she says again. Snip, snip, snip. What did you say you wanted? A pixie cut? Okay, short back and sides. Okay, my name's Lola. I had a, I had a stroke two years ago. I'm 86. Snip, snip, snip. And when I first told friends about this, I forgot to mention to them that um, she washed my hair with baking soda and water. Um, she cut most of my hair off 
before we discussed what we were going to do with my hair. And then she also wanted to um, pluck my eyebrows into permanent arches, at which I really did say no. But she kept repeating, my name's Lola, my name's Lola. And just as she was finishing up, middle-aged man walked in, you know, mid-50s, greyish hair, and he comes in and introduces himself. And it was her son, I think his name was William, I'm not sure, and um, it was his shop. So that was my haircut. There is another story from that same day about how I saved a life, but I'm going to save that for the next episode. So that was Pagosa Springs, and I wanted to let you know all about Pagosa Springs. I'll give you a little stories from each time. There is, um, There are some music festivals, I think nearly once a month up at Reservoir Hill. So if you go to Pagosa Springs, Colorado, and look up music events. I recommend them. There's the big uh, blues fest, I mean, bluegrass festival coming up. And I think it will have gone by the time this episode goes live. But I do recommend looking to see what they have coming up. And also Durango is only an hour away. So if you do come to this area, there's a lot of events going on there. I also, today, I was going to read you a short story that was inspired. I I wrote it a few years ago, and it was inspired by this specific area, the San Juan Mountains, and it's called Tired. So here we go. Here's a short story called Tired. An eagle flew overhead and landed in the dead branches at the top of the Ponderosa a hundred feet away. She knew that eagle, had watched it raise families for years in the Martinez Valley, this valley, her valley. Or it had been once. Now, though, the bird hunted alone. Melissa wondered why. The man, a stranger, had sat at the one and only picnic table overlooking the new reservoir. He glanced at her, taking in the skinny boy-girl body, looking like a teenage hippie, hidden in loose-fitting cotton sweatshirt and patched jeans. She was a scrawny butterfly of a woman, all wings and no weight. Nothing like his own hefty daughter, Rebecca, farming stock that teased her, poor thing. He should call her. It had been too long. Melissa blinked with red-rimmed yet clear green eyes. She laid her hands in sight on the wooden tabletop and prepared to play along, at least for a while. Anything to get him gone so she could be too. The man, Derek, he offered, pleased to meet you, leaned back opposite her, facing away luckily, and stared at the land before them, empty of houses and full of water. There used to be a field here, he told her, full of wildflowers, not sure the names, glorious though. Bright colours, a kaleidoscope it was, now look. What happened to the two ranches, I wonder? Melissa knew the names of the flowers, columbine, Indian paintbrush, Mexican hat, Shasta daisies, with all that soft, whispery fescue mixed in. She knew what had happened to the two homes, now submerged, so that the ever-expanding town of Pagosa Springs would get more water. Progress. The power of big money developers and the cunning of bank managers. His slow and steady voice kept on. My kids used to play out here not so long ago, 20 years, maybe longer. They're around your age, maybe older. He nodded again. Life was good back then, before this. He pointed at the low-flying, low-lying blue sky reflected in the still water. A few ripples from the lake trout, not much else. No boats with fishermen, no families on the sandy beach. It was too early in the day, in the season. So why was he here, Melissa half wondered, but didn't ask. She didn't care. Life, eh? You never know what to expect. Derek sighed. Oh, great, she thought. Another person talking about themselves. 
She tuned out. In front of them, the San Juan Mountains rose craggy and proud. An aquiline nose was how she'd always seen the silhouette, a face in repose, relaxed, like now. The Xanax was making her dopey. She wished he'd leave her alone. She hadn't expected to bump into anyone down here in the valley. She wasn't prepared to make polite conversation either. Bad timing as usual, she bitched in her head, yet smiled at the scene. It was, indeed, perfect in many ways. Always had been. A wind kicked up. It was spring, after all, and no, she wasn't quite dressed warmly enough, and she shivered. Melissa hadn't expected to be here, to be honest. She'd not really planned on how her day would work out, but oh well. The foggy brain slowed down the anxiety that normally controlled her. Pills helped. Walking at the crack of dawn did, too. Hence, here she was, again, at the place of happier memories, family stories untold. She sighed, shivered. Derek, in his sixties probably, was about the same as her dad would have been. He wore a thick woolen hat, down jacket, black jeans and clean cowboy boots. Nice and tidy. He was either thick of body or layered up like a five-year-old told to play in the snow. Not that there was much snow on the ground, not here. Up the pathway, a ways, yes. Melissa had tromped through a deep patch on her way down from the cabin in the forest. At least she still had that. Unofficially, that is. The banks hadn't searched the land more than needed. She shoved her hands between thighs, hunched over and curled into herself. Her dark brown hair tumbled in the wind. Narrow necks, body chin and prominent nose. Which all, when added up, made her seem much younger than her 29 years. She asked Derek if he knew much about the valley. It was a trick question. Oh no, I'm just another outsider. Like yourself, probably, he replied. Vacations with the family, fishing in the creek, exploring the forest. Picnics and baseball games and all that malarkey. Twice a year only. Staying in the big log cabin that used to be over there. And he pointed vaguely across the reservoir. You walked up here from town? Melissa asked, as if interested. It was quite a distance. He'd appeared suddenly, so he must have hiked or bikes, since if a truck had come up the dirt track, she would have heard it. Wouldn't she? Where was he staying? In one of the Airbnbs down the National Forest Road, more likely. Moneymakers, all of them. Out-of-towners owning the new homes, rented out for six months, empty for the rest. Hiked. You? He turned back to her, glancing at how underdressed she was for the time of year and unpredictable weather. She had a small pack, but he didn't notice any clothing sticking out of it, just a big fat notebook. Melissa had indeed hiked down from the peak, where the Martinez family cabin still stood, despite years of neglect. She'd claimed it back, made a home. For the last five months, that is, ever since Jamie had kicked her out for not being sexual enough, gay enough, something that Melissa knew but couldn't understand. So she'd hidden out in the mountains. It was a family trait. That morning she had indeed hiked, as in, tromped across country, through snow, in the dark, following the ridgeline. The one that looked like her dad's nose, sitting out at the first hint of light with a small day pack, water, notebook and gun included. Alone. She lied. My husband dropped me off. He'll be back in a bit. Something about going to the hiking trail and checking on the snowpack for later. Ah, Eric didn't believe her. There had been no tire tracks. Well, you don't need to worry about me. I'm not one to hurt another. I've got a girl of my own. I'd hate for something to happen to her. There, he'd said it. The threat that men are to women unaccompanied. Life as a solo woman was not safe, not easy. Melissa thanked him silently for at least acknowledging this situation for what it was or seemed, since he didn't know about the handgun, loaded and ready. She tried to smile, but the mechanics of it felt off. 
her muscles loose and sloppy, her eyes wobbling side to side unfocused. She had maybe another 20 minutes or so before the pills really kicked in. She sat up straighter, telling herself to get it together or leave. So, uh, that was as far as she got. He spoke again. Are you from Denver or Boulder? You remind me of some kind of yoga teacher. You have the physique for that. Me, I can barely put on my own socks in the mornings. Melissa noticed a sheen of sweat across his forehead, a tinge of red to his, she his cheeks and neck. Shit, was he going to die on her? Drop dead of a heart attack or stroke? He should just leave, go away like everyone else. My wife died last summer and well, after that, he paused, voice shaking slightly, quietly. Then Melissa leaned forward to hear instinctively. It was a bit messy, you know. I put on a bit of weight. You know how it is, grief, eating. No, you probably don't, skinny thing that you are. Still, retirement, widowhood, not enough drive to do anything and life wasn't pretty. You're too young to understand, but that's why I come to these places, the thick of nature at its gentlest, to remind me life can be beautiful if you pay attention. His placid and sad face lit up and she turned to see why. A wide-winged bird flew over the lake and landed nearby in one of the two tallest ponderosas, with a sunrise making a striking silhouette, huge, bigger than Melissa it seemed. Two of them now, her eagles, her touchstones in this silence. She smiled. He spoke again. Do you think they're eagles? Bald eagles? Yes, yes, probably. A couple of them live around here, she said, and then Melissa shut up, realizing that she shouldn't give it away how well she knew the land. Maybe, she added. Although they could be turkey vultures. Oh, yeah, those vultures are big like that. I wish I could see the color of their heads, though. That would tell me. Derek squinted in the sudden glare as the, glare as the sun burned off the haze. I don't know. My eyes aren't what they used to be, huh? Nothing is, he joked. You should be thankful for being young and fit. What, 20-something? Bodies still work, no chronic pain, eyes focus, hearing catch the sound of a bird's wings. Nose smells the damp, wet earth after a rain. I miss all that. Melissa didn't want to hear it, how wonderful life is at any age, or how she should just, she should, she should, she should. And she sure as hell didn't need a tourist telling her to appreciate this place, to treat her as one of them, unknowing and over-enthusiastic in their pronouncements. Stick around for five months of winter, she thought. Swing a chainsaw, buck four cords, haul water, stare at the snow. Nope. Melissa didn't want to tell him any of this, though. She only wanted him gone. Let her get on with her day, her plans or non-plans, drifting. Derek stretched out his legs, tilted his head to the sun and sighed. Comfortable with the world. She wasn't. Melissa wanted to scream, get the fuck off my land, but she didn't. And it wasn't. It wasn't her land anymore. The family had lost it. They'd been forced out. Derek took off his coat. She wanted it. To wrap herself in the thick warm down encased by the smell of a man, sweat and soap and aftershave like her dad, to feel safe and loved and at home. She held back, stuck her hands between her legs again, shivering and in need. Her dad had been gone a few years, a stroke. The stress and shame of selling up had killed him. Her mum, the cancer was caught too late. At least I'm flat-chested, she thought with almost a smile. Fuck cancer, fuck dying like that. I'd take care of things myself before spending months in and out of consciousness. Fucking potato, brain fried, what kind of life is that? None, fuck, she thought. Derek pulled out a stick of salami, unwrapped it, pulled out a knife, cut it in half and passed one to Melissa. The easy sharing of a couple of friends or a father and daughter. She blinked, took a quick breath, and took it. 
gnawing with an unexpected hunger. Behind them, the creek rushed past, the snowmelt crashing into the valley. A hummingbird zipped in and out of the aspens, checking out a, bucks, a bunch of Mexican hats with their orange and red petals. The eagles watched, unmoving from their branch. You'd think I'd avoid this place, memories and all that. My wife died here in a new place down the road, somewhere close that we'd rented. She died in her sleep. Shitty way to wake up, next to your wife, cold, unblinking. Silence for once. He scratched his hat and took it off to show a shaved scalp, a few scars and a handful of freckles along the sides. Did she kill herself? Melissa couldn't help but ask a one-track mind. He looked startled. I gave you that impression? Suicide isn't selfish, he added. Not in the right circumstances. It can be a relief. Derek fussed with his pack. No. I'd rolled over in the morning, asked if she'd like coffee in bed, my treat. She didn't. It can be a good thing to stop others from worrying, suffering. M Melissa carried on. There was a pause. You look a bit pale. He stared at her and then away, awkward. Melissa carried on even more. It's not like everyone has a purpose in life, a sense of meaning. I mean, what happens when you don't have any family, eh? When your marriage fails, it's not easy. No, it's not. He swallowed, shoved hands in his coat pockets and faced the sunshine. A family of mallard ducks floated past on the lake, treading water, silent. A raven crawled, crowed from under a pine tree. A plain's white streak broke the endless blue sky into two. She was nodding off almost but couldn't quite let go with him right there, talking about family and dying and landscape and birds and all that. Sorry, she explained. Rough winter, rough night. I'm tired. And it was true. She was tired of being polite to tourists, of listening, of holding back her fears and failures and missing her family. She missed the idea of how generations had been connected to this very land. No one really knew the local history. They didn't listen to or even read such stories anymore. She drifted off slightly only to be brought back with a jolt as something landed on the wooden table with a thunk. Ta-da! Tara had pulled out a thermos. I have the solution. The answer to life and death coffee. Creamy with two sugars. Here you go. Have some of this. It'll keep the chills at bay. Doctor's orders and all those other silly sayings. He grinned. Happy again to share with her. Not exactly, thought Melissa. Not quite what Dr. Green had told her. She told Melissa to cut out caffeine, dairy, sugars, all of it. To do the radiation. We've caught the tumours early enough. No chemo needed. No surgeries. Just a zap and on your way. Melissa remembered it, though, as blah, 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 only thinking how Jamie should have been sat with her, holding hands and going through this together. Why, wasn't that why they'd done the deed, got married? She took the offered mug, though, and sipped, grateful, and with a genuine smile, she thanked him. He tipped his own capful in her direction, saying nothing. They stared at the majestic birds in the Ponderosa, with, one fe with ruffled feathers, one chirruped and chattered, the other didn't. Derek turned back to her. Have you ever seen anything so beautiful? Yes. But she couldn't explain how she'd watched these eagles for years now. The rituals of mating, raising youngsters, hunting for trout, and even watching their first flying lessons, all the while jealous of their freedoms. She kept her hands on the mug, but felt the weight of the handgun poke into her thigh as she moved in place, trying to ease the ache in her sternum. He carried on, coffee making him even more chatty. He spoke again. It's a shame how many new homes there are down the road. I mean, it's like that. That's somewhere for me to rent, you know. But heck, town sure is expanding at quite a rate. What with all this new water source, great for construction industry, isn't it? I remember some 15 years ago staying at that local ranch I told you about. Down there, gone now. 
I remember how there were actually two homes together, extended families probably. It was the Thompsons in one where we stayed, and I believe the other family had a Spanish-sounding name, newcomers, Martinez perhaps. Melissa nodded but didn't reply, although it had been the Martinez home first and the other had come later, in the late 80s as a new young family grew and the ranch did well. She smiled at these memories of her own. Her mum's family had owned the valley since the 1800s. Her dad had come over as a teenager from Ireland, Galway to be exact, in the 70s and happened across the ranch, asked for work and stayed. Derek carried on. All the locals took off when we were around, never met them. They just rented the place out for a few weeks, like I said. Lovely home it was. They went up higher, I'm told, into the forest. Ranches, both families, all gone now. Sold out, made a killing. Melissa's eyes darkened. The mug dropped out of her hands to the table with a thunk. Derek jerked at the sound, turned to her, just as an eagle's high-pitched call above broke their silence. It flew out of the tree and launched itself towards the reservoir, talons out, wings tucked, focused. Melissa held her gun, her fingers closed around the tigger, wanting to kill the man Derek, or rather threaten him, scare him, break his benign assumptions. She was so fucking tired, though, of him, of life, of death. Ever since the bank had taken their homesteads, the land, the animals, and then losing her parents so quickly, well, nothing mattered. And now this? Cancer. Fuck, she was done. Finished. Fuck it, she said, and stood up abruptly. He did too instinctively. Well, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to talk your head off. It's a quiet place, a sweet place. I'll shut up. I'll leave you to it. I'm sorry, it's yours. You were here first. And he packed up the wrappings from the salami, the mugs of coffee, the thermos, awkward in his movements. She stared past him and he turned to see why. The eagle had caught something and they both heard the scream. A rabbit, a cottontail, wriggled and fought the talons, holding it high in the air over the lake. It fell free, landed with a thunk. Derek cried out for it. Melissa laughed softly quietly at first, but it built up steam into sobbing and cackling until she found herself rocking, holding her stomach, falling back to the bench, and out of the pocket dropped the gun. Derek stared. She caught herself, hiccuped and sat upright, got her shit together. She almost made to reach for it, but didn't. Derek didn't move. He didn't mention the gun either, which is weird. Instead, he offered a nervous, are you all right? Melissa, confused, tilted her head, hair covering one eye, much like a teenager teenager would talking to her dad huh staying here alone waiting for someone like you said he reminded her of the earlier lie someone to take you home she shook her head i'm fine she held up her notebook the page half full of scribbles as far as she'd got before he'd, she'd sat down before he'd sat down at the picnic table ah oh, well then yes it's pretty magical yes i'll go i'll leave you to it he grabbed his pack, threw it over one shoulder, and stepped towards the way he'd come, keen to call his own kids, worried for them, missing them. They nodded at each other. You'll be okay? And he took leave of her reluctantly, as if worried for her. It's all yours. Yes. And well, she said, I'm sorry about your wife. He didn't hear. He'd already turned away. It was a good long walk down the river, through the aspens and flowers, back to town and the new housing developments. Alone, Melissa took a deep breath and smiled, no longer anxious. The caffeine had woken her up, and with muscles aching to move, she stood. She picked up her notebook and read the last lines written earlier. I'm sorry. She tore out the page and shoved it under a rock at the picnic table. She thought about starting again on a new page, suddenly wanting to write about how her dad had found this place, been welcomed into the valley, the family, how her mum, Meredith, had taught him to ride for days on end tracking elk in October. 
Had they fought to hold on to the land, but the banks and developers had forced them out, Martinez and Thompson's both. Melissa shook her head and packed up her things. Near her, a turkey vulture claimed the dead rabbit. One of the eagles flew overhead, aiming for the mountain she knew so well. Fine. She'd hike back to the cabin, gun in hand, just in case, and then she'd take care of things as needed. Geese honked loudly, a dozen of them heading in the direction of town. The second eagle took off, flew above the calm water and dove with a screech, a splash, and another trout died. Thank you for listening to the Wanderlust podcast with stories from the road. I hope you enjoyed your time here today. I'll be back in a couple of weeks with more uh, anecdotes, more stories, more books, more gear, more inspiration, hopefully. If you would like to support me and my free podcast, these offerings, please go to saralimi.com and you'll see links to my artwork, my published books, and lots of also anecdotes and travel essays that are on the website. So poke around over there at saralimi.com. There's also a buy me a coffee page if you'd be so kind. That'd be great. And yeah, spread the word. Enjoy. I'll talk to you soon. Bye.